good to go. Welcome back, everybody. It's Route 10, Route 10 CCG here. Back with Drake the Duelist. Uh, we are doing the podcast, just us, because Jay Crane is out on a cruise having fun and enjoying life on a boat. Uh, we we, are, we did have to take uh, last week off just due to some unforeseen circumstances, but we are back with some new topics and all the fun stuff that we like to do. How how was your week, Drake? How how, how was your last two weeks? Oh well, I came back from a vacation of my own, and uh, I feel a little inadequate. But hey, that money that could have been spent on a cruise went into. Uh, uh, making sure that I didn't go broke after uh, all the uh, Kickstarter stuff. So I've, I've been asking people. I'm just curious to see. So how, how much? How much was your grand total? Uh, <laughs> uh, Four ten. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think the highest I heard was somebody spent about two grand. What? Okay. I feel like I have restraint now. Like yeah, someone spent two thousand dollars. And I was like, why? And, you know, they said they're going to use it for price support. And I said, okay. And that's kind of the same thing I did was I did buy a little bit extra to use for price support for uh, you know, different tournaments we're going to run. But I said, two grand. I said, you just, did you just buy everything? <laughs> yeah, at that point, I'll just enter your tournaments and win your prize. It, it, I think that it, may have been the point. Exactly. Now, I will say the one the one um, kicker that, that got me. And I, I, it got me immediately, and I feel like it was directed towards me and Jay Crane. Was the Paul card? Uh yeah, I knew from the moment I saw that, and the moment I had it explained to me that that was it, that uh, you were still gonna want it. I, I said, I said, I, I said, I don't care about the jersey at all. I don't care about it. people asking, oh, what's the material? I, said, I don't care. I want the Paul card. Like, and I felt like they did that because they knew. I think only me, Jay Crane, and I want to say Mercury were like the only three who were talking about Paul. And like, like it was just a joke. Like, we want a Paul card. We want Paul to be a card. And then, hey, here it is. I said, well, shit, you got me. <laughs> I, I feel like the whole Kickstarter was like an unhealthy drug. Like, you, you think you're out. They come on, hey, I got some else for you. Well, goddammit, get, you know, give, give me two. Yeah, I had to stop myself from the uh, golden war tokens because 20 was a bit much for that. But it's like uh, I wound up getting, uh, uh, let's see, what's the damages on that? Uh, I got this tab open somewhere. Uh, or maybe I don't. Uh, no, there it is. Actually, let me, let me, cause I don't, I, I don't remember what I, I remember what I got, but I don't remember what I got. Cause I changed, I changed what I did last minute. Cause I was like, oh, I want this. So I did, I did get my golden black hat. I was not letting that go by without getting it. I, I did not care. Um, yeah, I did get, okay, let's see. So I got the project, I got the progenitor clash. Um, I got the black hat. I got the heart. I got. I did get the harbinger of death package because death is bay. I got the jersey and promo, and I got. I did get the metal die and promo tokens. Oh, you did. You, you did go for those. I did. Cause I'm just. I'm just very curious about the metal one. I said I got the death package just because 
I, I just like Def's design. I, all, I like Def's the most. But um, I just, I really wanted to see how this D30 uh, metal die will be. I, I was very curious about that. And, of course, I got the play mat, deck box, binder, uh, the magnate trap. Um, how many? I, I got, first, when I first did it, I did put eight. But then I went down to four. And and that that was just mainly because I'm, I'm not gonna really I'm not gonna play it, so I say cool I'll have four to give away as a prize support you know for you know a play set. But I did I did get a lot of the deck boxes and a lot of the two player play mats. Ah, oh. I, I, I did I did make sure to pick up a lot of those. Cause I feel like as for prize supports for those I feel like that that is very like hey. And I picked up a enough deck boxes where, like, for the you know the premium monthly tournament, that would be part of your entry. But you'll get one of those deck boxes. So I said, so I did do that. Um, yeah, so I got the regular Harbinger play mat, and then I got the two player Alpha Rare play mat. And then I got the progenitor pack, you know, it comes with the hard card novel, the soft cover, the dust jacket, special edition, the ebook. And then, you know, we get the eight promo, New York City's magnate, plus all the extra free stuff they gave. So, uh, so that, that's what I'm excited about. I know I, I'm probably going to do a raffle for the uncut sheet. So we'll, we'll do like a charity raffle where, you know, all the proceeds would go to charity and to give away one of the, the uncut sheets. And of course, you know, the clarified number card and the, the other uh, number card. I'm drawing a blank on the name right now. <laughs> uh, the Alpha Aster and the Clarify? Yes, yes. Now, now those ones... Th those I, I probably won't do by support. I'm probably gonna keep those. Now, it, okay, I lied. If I get, I say, if I get a number one, number thirteen, a number forty-two, or a number hundred, I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna keep it. If I get any other numbers, I, I I'm, I, it will be price support. Because I'm sorry, like I feel like the worst thing to get is get a number two. Like who who wants a, a number two card? <laughs> uh, Endeavor syndrome. Like I, I'll be so upset. I'm like I don't want this. <laughs> but but it's a, I don't care what it is. It's not number one, so I don't want it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. As for me, I pulled mine up. I went Harbinger tier that has the altered hardcover novel, the softcover novel, the hardcover with. Dust jacket and the ebook. Yep, it does have the ebook in there. And uh, this one just has clarify, not Alfaster. It, it also has uh, four promo New York City, four promo Magnet Cutting Planner, and four promo Here Comes the Boom in Monochrome. And I am absolutely playing those for reasons that I imagine we're going to get to later. Oh, and 100%. then 
And then there's uh, the uh, uh, for the uh, extra add-ons. I got four Magnates Trap. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got the Harbinger card binder deck box and playmat. I got the hat. So I am, in fact, the hat man. And uh, the two-player alpha rare playmat. I was divided on that, but I recently started uh, some... uh, One of my stores recently moved, and afterwards, they're letting me run my own learn-to-play alpha clash events there on Mondays. Okay. So I figured that might come in handy later, now that I'm doing those. And I got all the packages for the Harbingers specifically. Sorry, Haven. Yeah, the, the Haven one, I, I, I kept going back for it. But like I said, I, you know, you can't make any decisions now. <laughs> so I, I'll wait for someone to be like, hey, I have them for sale. And I, I'm still, I still think it's hilarious about the guy who tried to sell his Harbinger pack before it even came out. And then he. Yeah, some people just. Uh, maybe that was the guy who dumped his collection and that's why we didn't hit 100. Oh, is, is that is that what happened? Wait, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, we missed the hundreds K. Are you serious? Yeah, unfortunately, we just missed it, and it's like at a point it just started plummeting. That was depressing. Oh, see, like again, like those are people who are trying to buy it ahead of time and see if they can capitalize and sell it off very quickly. And I said, well, at least let let stuff come out first, like. Like how about as, again? There's 500 backers, so I mean, there's 500 people that actively are trying to get this stuff, and there are a lot of people who are going to start getting the game in class ground, and so it's like you you got to give it time. Like, like you have to give it time. Like it's not gonna. Again, you can't sit there and say, "Cool, I bought this for 500, and I'm going to sell it to you for 900." Like that that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it is disappointing that we didn't get to see what that 100K would have been. But, hey, uh, 95K, there's some pretty good stretch goals in there. Uh, We unlocked the monochrome color bleed harbinger pack. I think that's going to come with the book. And then uh, I think there's some pretty good ones in there. Uh, Like, I recall the Conquest one actually being really good. Is that the one that... uh, I can't see it from this image because it's too far backed out, but yeah, Conquest has got a, a really good card in there that's about that cost, and it looks to be a really short effect, so that could be it. The one that just kagan somebody. And there's also the booster pack. The uh, the Clash Ground set is going to have 10 alt arts in there, and they're going to have the audiobook. We're going to have... Uh, free monochrome New York City. Yeah, I remember. Uh, and we unlock a bunch of uh, extra bonuses, and there's the free bookmark and stickers. What job I'm excited. I'm excited for the um, the um, the audio book. Mm. Like, like there, I'm very very excited. Even though I told them, I will do the audio book. Like I will read some parts for it for free. But you know, <laughs> yeah, 
I wonder if they're gonna like do a whole hog thing on it because uh, it's like my familiarity with audiobooks comes from 40k, and their audiobooks are so high tech and advanced. It's like they have like background sounds and everything like that. They have different voice actors and modulators to make the characters sound different. And I said I, I would love that. I, I would I would love that so much. Um, I know. My dad, he's like, again, he felt like, again, he's a comic book guy. Like, he's a huge comic book guy. Uh, he used to draw for DC back in the 70s. So, like, he like he knows his comics. And, you know, he has some things critical about the, about the graphic novel, but he said, oh, no, he said it's a very enjoyable story. And he, he loved to see more about it. I know he, he had had me ask... Um, is there a way to order, mo- you know, copies for his for his store? And I know they said that right now they don't have a way to like order at like, like distribution level. And I said, oh man, if you guys could do that, because again, like he's a comic, like he like he owns a comic book shop, and you know he has like he has this copy in the store, and he people always ask, oh, where can I, you know, can I buy this? Can I, and he can't do it. He can't do anything with it. So I, I would say that that's kind of like how we said before, um, two weeks ago, is that a month like your comic book fans, superhero fans, it, it grabs you in. Now, these are people who have no interest in playing the card game, but they're so infatuated with the lore and the story, they, they just want to know more about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or I think right now, because of the way the uh, graphic novel is distributed, I think they're going to get uh, they're going to get it up to a distribution level. I recall reading something of that effect. But uh, for now, it's just kind of an accessory to the card games. I've been bringing it along to my Learn Play Off Clash Nights, and I've just been having it set to the side. And that's what I say. I really, I really, really hope that you know, it, it continues to grow and it's kind of, you know, continues to just go in the right direction. But all right, perfect. So again, we have some topics for everyone today. Um, it's kind of doubling down on this series where we're doing, which is kind of retrospect of Alpha Clash. So again, with set one, Coming towards the end, not not towards the end, but you know, going on moving into the second set, we definitely want to talk about some of the deck techs, or I would say some of the stable cards you feel like are, are going to come from set one over to set two. So I'll let you take the floor with some of your choices for some staple cards. Uh, yeah, uh, where to start? Uh, Pull up the uh, site real quick. Okay, I think one that's uh, really stuck out in a lot of competitive formats is Amazon Rainforest. Uh, That's a very powerful 
getting you persistent draws every turn, and it's a great way to fish for cards that you know you're specifically going to need, which in the formats that, the, that are around right now, which is basically Kagan format, it's a great way to fish for that Kagan. And if somebody doesn't want for you to fish for that Kagan, you're going to have to get rid of that Rainforest very fast. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then what was your second pick? Uh, these aren't in any particular order. They're just the order I'm seeing them on the site. Okay. Uh, uh, probably one of the better traps. Better luck next time, or as I call it, blunt, B-L-N-T. Mm-hmm. Because it blunts things. It's uh, just minus three, minus three to whoever attacks. It's like the closest thing that uh, Alpha Clash has right now to sort of a Sakuretsu armor, if you know what that does. Yes. <laughs> and Sakuretsu armor is like baby mirror force, essentially. So better luck next time. Great response to anybody coming at you, regardless of how big and strong they are or not which is sort of a good segue into Magnate's Trap, which is sort of like the opposite. It's arguably one of the best traps in the set in that it's, but the problem is that it's, it, it focuses specifically on small little weenie cards or occasionally some really built up moxie, but usually some small weenie cards and it will knock a card out of the opponent's hand in addition to just straight up killing the weenie that's coming after you. So that just two-card swing, for, it's it, a trap is a two-for-one, and that's pretty crazy in green, as if green didn't have enough good stuff. Right. With, with green has so much. Like it, it has, I, I say, one of some of the some of the best, best definitely some of the best traps right now, and I only see that getting more as we go along. Yeah, like one I suspect is going to be very important later on. Gotcha. Yeah, got, uh, uh, for yeah, a green and any color uh, to essentially negate a trap that is going to be super relevant later on for pressing advantage, considering all the weird traps coming out in the future. I I hundred percent believe that um, gotcha was not a staple card in set one. But going into set two with it being more traps, it is definitely a stable card that you want that you want to have in your deck or more importantly in your cyborg. Again, you're playing against a deck that doesn't use traps. Like Moxie players, they really don't use traps. But I disagree. <laughs> oh, besides, you know, I'm talking about right now, like from set one. Because right now, set one, you know, they just have sharpshooter Moxie. Yeah, which is also a very good trap that I was about to get to. So wait, you, um, so wait, so so which one do you like more, uh, Moxie, or I'm drawing a blank, but it's, it's the red one. Uh, for Moxie's trap, or actually, there are a number of decent red responses. Like, uh, I keep forgetting which one is the quick play and which one is the trap. I, I think deflect I, is the I, trap. I, I'm looking at. I'm looking at. Cause I I literally okay. So you have. Counter, counter blast. I mean, I'm sorry, energy blast, which is probably one of my favorite ones. And then you have, um, yeah, cause deflect is the quick. I can't think of the other one. Um, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a go back to deflect about how amazing this card is. 
But yeah, a lot of people in the latter days of set one were really starting to get enamored with that, mostly because they get kept getting domed by Kagan, I imagine, and Deflect is a really good Kagan answer. Okay, Solar Flare. Yeah, that's what it is. So Solar Flare and, and Energy Blast are two red trap cards that I feel again were not as were playable in set one, but not as people didn't really pay attention to them. But I feel like in set two it's some more cards that you definitely want to carry over because um for our listeners solo player is a counter attack and you send it wow send i can't read send target attacking clash card with attack power of two or less to oblivion and then you have energy black and energy black is a counter play and you have this trap card clash card being played potential resource of three or less so it can target down a lot more and you deal two damage to it so even if you don't you know blow it up a lot of times they're left with either two defense or one defense left so if it even wants to swing it's not going to survive and that's why i feel like yeah and energy blast being that it targets three or less over moxie structure my one does two or less and it being the same cost i definitely i feel like those two in tandem together are really good, especially now so we can see more black-red decks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but here's the thing for Sharpshooter Moxie. Sharpshooter Moxie responds to play, not in, not attack or anything like that. And so when you have a counterplay that does damage to something, uh, I'm not sure whether it'll actually hit the field or count as enter. But I know for a fact, Sharpshooter Moxie does not count as enter. It does not count as trigger enter. It does not count as trigger defeat. So Sharpshooter Moxie, just by its very nature, is unique in the fact that it gets around so much and nothing really operates the way Sharpshooter Moxie does. Versus Energy Blast, there are things that arguably work just like Energy Blast and arguably kind of do it better. I would say Piercing Strike is the better Energy Blast, honestly. So like so any any card that gets played and I feel like there's a lot of things that people are missing, it, it goes into the response zone before it goes into play. So if Yeah, it, and it's being damaged there. Yeah, it, so yeah, so it's being damaged there. Cause it's a counterplay. So it's being damaged there. So if it dies in that area, then it does not activate. But if it does not die, then you know, it, it does enter. Okay. Yeah, but then again, uh, that has the problem of Energy Blast does cause defeat triggers. Because even if you're not in the Clash Zone, you're still being dealt lethal damage, meaning that you will still trigger defeat triggers, like Magnate Cunning Planner. I, I want to I say I want to say yes. Yeah, versus Sharpshooter Moxie does not explicitly does not trigger defeat triggers. All right, perfect. And then so that's the difference. And then um, moving to white, I feel like the most obvious staple card for white, and I feel like this is not up for debate, is Haven. Ha- Haven. It's, 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 it's literally down for debate. Because <laughs> if you're playing white and you're not playing Haven, either you just truly just do not have them or what deck do you have together that you're not playing Haven? Yeah, you're playing white for Haven, resourceful specifically. Hiding in plain sight, less so, but 
Haven resourceful mainly. Hiding in plain sight's a resource. Yeah, that's why I say like I feel like again that that's not even up for debate. Those two cards are stable cards, and I I do feel like the two five dollar price point for those cards is very much warranted because even going into set two, there's no cards that really replace what they do. It's cards that help what they do, but there's no cards that are like cool. This is the new replacement for it. No, it's it's they're 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 literally staple cards. I mean, anything that's a you know, I mean, I, you could say it's a one for one, but I really feel like again, you're not really losing any kind of advantage. You tap one, play one, draw a card. You're, you're just you're not losing a lot of advantage with it, and it just keeps drawing your card. And even you combine it with clarity skill to search out the card. Like, I mean, come on. Like, it's it, it's probably one of the best cards uh, from white. Or I would argue say it's one of the best cards of set one. Yeah, definitely up there. If we did this more like a top ten, like, set, she would definitely be uh, one of the better commons. Uh, whether she's better than... Uh, Magnet Cutting Planner is kind of up for debate because Magnet Cutting Planner has the alpha distinction, for, whereas Haven does not, and that mm. may be worth the one defense. I, I feel like I feel like uh, next week we should definitely do a top ten. I would love to get I would love to get all three of our top. 10s. Oh yeah, and I could actually like put some thought into it. Yeah, and I, I, and I would love I would love to do it where we don't share our top ten until we go live. I'm just I'm just curious to see like where we'll fall. Now, I do have a question because I'm, I'm looking at it right now and I don't want to lose this point. Do you feel like Lynn Nanate Warrior is going to be better in set two? That depends on what some of Conquest stuff does and possibly Pestilence. Like, uh, Pestilence has that one artifact now that can tap down things, sort of like a miniaturized ratchet bomb. And, uh, that sort of operates on a similar principle to Lin, but sort of backwards, whereas Lin attacks untapped things. Mm -hmm. uh, that vial, that poison vial or whatever, can tap ta can tap untapped things, and then you hit them. Also, there's the potential synergies with uh, Conquest and what he's going to do, and what of his synergies are going to be Harbinger-specific. If he has a lot of Harbinger-specific things then Lin's not going to work well with him. But if he's easy and if he's cool about it, then, yeah, Lin might have a place in sort of a uh, close combat matters sort of deck. Okay, perfect. Um, next one I have... Uh... I'm surprised you didn't go for Lin Adaptable Fighter because it's like for all its humility, it's it's a very, very useful card that I've seen all over the place. Let's see, I, I, I see... I, I can't, with a hundred certainty in my heart, say Lynn would be a staple card moving in, and that is just because Plasmax. As I guess Lynn is a lot stronger, not not same thing, but come on, it's a two cost, two two with flight, and I feel like a lot of people will, will Lynn would be on the back burner. Was like cool if I have room for it, I'll put it in. I'm still going to be playing it because I still feel like a five cost five, five is really good. Oh yeah. Lynn has a definite place and probably a very long standing place. in what I like to call Claire force one, 
which is sort of my clarity flyer spam deck. And Plasmax is absolutely going in there the moment like, I get a place. Like it's it's immediately because and that card is so bonkers. And I don't know who I was talking to, but I'm like, I was just trying to explain like how good it is. And they kept saying, Oh, but we have the magnate from set two that does the same thing. I said, Yeah, that's true, but guess what? Now you have two now you have two cards to do it. One has Wait, breakthrough. Do we? Yeah, because um, uh, this is news to me. Uh, um, it is magnate, uh, menacing magnate. Oh yeah, menacing magnate. Yeah, well, obviously, but, uh, now we have another one. But like this, this is why I say that that um, plasmic is better than menacing magnate for this one and this particular reason only. It's a two-two automatically. Yeah, which means it has applications outside of uh, Magnet the Contender. Exactly. Specifically. Exactly. So you can play that card in any other deck, and it still is 2-2. Two, two. Where if you put Menacing in a deck, it's going to be 2-1. Yeah, Menacing still has a lot of use as a good flying blocker, and yet another example of how green gets all sorts of cool things, but... It's usually not something that you max out. It's usually a utility piece. I use it as one in my torque decks because I just need something that can sort of intercept a Kagan and maybe potentially eat his uh, trigger. And that's what's like. And also, one thing I always know about that card, I don't think I've ever been in any predicament where I use his breakthrough skill. I can't think of one time where I'm like, cool, I'm going to swing it for breakthrough. I'm like, no, I'm swinging at your face. Yeah, it's a lot like uh, Torque Uncontrollable. It's like Torque Uncontrollable does have a breakthrough clause, but it almost never comes up. Like, I mean, I'm sure like, until you think would have to survive, boom. Like, in, like in, until you until you said, I forgot that even it even had a secondary effect. I forget about that effect all the time. Like, I forget. Uh, menacing or no, torques. I keep forgetting that torque has a second effect. <laughs> oh yeah, the breakthrough effect. I wonder how many people forget the Torque dings you for one when he shows up. I, I make sure to always make sure to always remember that because there was so many games where I did where I did not remember it. And that is something that I have embedded in my brain. When I play Torque, I take a damage. Yeah, because it's like, it's like the Haven, but a little more uh, self-hostile. Speaking of Haven, Bountiful Collector, and I, I've been saying this to people all the time. Bountiful Collector was okay in set one. A lot of people keep thinking, oh, because it ramps is so good. No. It is it was okay because you never got to truly use her secondary effect, which is return a non-trap accessory from living to your hand. And set two, this card becomes tier one. Because there's so many accessories that are not traps that this card can literally get out when it's defeated. I'm thinking of the new Machina, specifically. Yes. And if I tell everybody, I said, no, I said, Haven, when you actually think about it, it, it's okay, but it's really not that damn good. And this set, it has a floating effect. It gives you more resource. You can do so much more with it. I, 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 I'm going to be honest. I would say Haven Bottlefield Collector two weeks after set two is going to be a $20 card again. I I can guarantee it. It's going to be a $20 card 
and the IR is going to be a thirty dollar card. Oh yeah, the IR. It's like uh, all all bets are off for the IR. Like IR is going to be that way, and I also feel like Lefty's Last Stand. It's going to oh, that's a good one. Now it's, it's going to continue to increase in price because it, it's so it's negate attack and it's a quick, so it's from your hand, so it's not a trap, so you can't really play against it. So cool, you take it to me, cool, prevent damage. damage. Lefty's last stand is another card that it doesn't get reprinted in the draft box. It's it's going. This is going to be a fifteen dollar uncommon. I thought everything was getting reprinted in the draft box. No, I, um, when I heard the first time they announced it was they're picking select cards. So oh, I, they're curating it. Yeah, so I, you know, you you know, you're definitely gonna have your magnates. You're definitely gonna have, you know, your torques. Here come the booms, your coggins. Like those, I hundred percent believe are gonna be reprinted. Like the things like Lefty's Last Stand, like like those uncommon cards, I do not believe they'll, they'll get reprinted. That would be strange because that's one of the that's probably one of the best uh, quick plays right now because of uh, how specifically it works uh, because it only re- it only negates the damage that you suffer, not the damage that you cause. If you follow, yes, and and so I- meaning if somebody attacks you for a. Uh, trade and you play lefty's last stand you're just going to uh trade lefty's last stand for the opponent's clash which again that's why i say that that card if it doesn't get reprinted it's definitely going to skyrocket mm, the fact that it's going to be a curated set is going to be interesting but then again uh, i've got enough stuff where if i see fit i'm just going to like get a bunch of those draft packs or at least figure out what's in them and make an alpha clash cube the first cube in the game's history let's see and that that would be fun <laughs> now i do have another question about this one how do you feel about better luck next time Yeah, we went into that. That was one of the earlier ones I went into, uh, Blunt, because, uh, yeah, it's like, like I said, mini Sakuretsu armor, which, for those who don't know, it's like kill and attacking uh, Clash. It it doesn't work on bigger things, but it kind of does, because it brings bigger things down into weenie range. So if, like, you're getting domed by a Kagan, and you just have, like, a menacing Magnate, that combination can get rid of that Kagan. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what? I, I, I had it in my note. We talked about that one, and that's why I said it. What I meant to say was Sunroll, oh. the Awakened Breaker. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's another really fire one. Probably the best rare in the set. It's between him and New York City, I'd say. But, yeah, he is, uh, as somebody in my playgroup uh, put it, he is cracked in half. It, it, really, it really, especially when I realized that just reading the card again so um for my uh, the listeners this card gets when a uh, trigger attack this card gets plus one plus one to end of turn and you draw one card period then that line is he's uh five cost three of which have to be green and he is base four three yes and, and i always say like that part right there the you know plus one plus one draw a card period meaning you don't have to do the secondary skill which is if you continue as green, uh, green alpha, which I love how that's future proof. It has to be a green alpha. 
you may ready a class card you control this risk card of one or less. Yeah. Um, what I think the most interesting uh, turn of phrase there is one or less, which, as I suggested in an earlier podcast, that means we may be getting zero cost clashes. Which I, I, I am terrified when that happens because I, I'm just curious about what. Like I, I'm just I'm just I'm curious about what the hell is going to come out. Kind of not because I think it's going to be one of those cases where they're uh, like zero cost, but their cost increases based on their card effect. So it's going to like be a zero cost on field, but it's going to functionally have a equivalent cost of whatever. I kind of think death is going to get something like that. I, I mean, oh, I death, would because I, 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 if you look at it. Death and war are getting the most attention out of any Harbinger. Uh, yeah. I'll, uh, of the spoilers we've gotten for Black, two have not involved death. Right. And one of them was from the uh, Clash Kit. It's like, okay, are you trying to tell me that death is going to be met? Is going to be is going to be meta? Sign me the sign me the fuck up. <laughs> I wonder what's gonna happen with the rest of the black cards because outside death we haven't seen much of anything. We haven't. And I, I know somebody made a joke and I said, "Don't ever talk that way to me again." They said, "Yeah, we'll get Alpha Aster support." I said, "Please don't." Because if one thing I've been vocal about, I still think Alpha Aster is probably the, one, the most underwhelming card in set one to me personally. Eh, I've lost to him before, but that's only because the game ran long and I was dumb. That's why I said it's like nothing wrong. Like on paper, it does have a great, it does have a great effect. But I just feel like Clarify is just a twenty times better card because I think I did that on one of our videos where um, my opponent got on Coggin and I said, "Cool, Clarify." Took that Coggin and just said, "Cool." Now I'm about to hit you with super speed, a super speed Coggin. You can't, Yikes. you can't stop me. <laughs> it was, it was probably, I'm like, yeah, this is it. I think. Did you have the cost reduction ability? For, no, I didn't. Oh, so you just like hard played it. I hard played it and I was like, let's do this. <laughs> and I just feel like, again, also with. Aster with it not really being a lot of, I don't think there's been any amazing alphas shown in this set. It, it, I feel like it's one card that's definitely going to get left behind, put into your binder somewhere. You may, you may sideboard it, but there's so many other better unrivaled cards that, that were announced that it's, why would you continue to play this card? Yeah, I think the war one is honestly the best one in the game right now. Like it is it, like war war is amazing. Like I I can't even deny that war is completely amazing. That's why I said again, it this Aster is kind of like you were cool to pull in set one, but yeah, you're but you're not making it. And I I, I truly feel like unfortunately with the how much it costs, it doesn't have a reduction cost to it. Yes, it nukes the board, but unless they come up with some broken 
alpha. But again, you're also thinking about it this way. It negates their effect. So it doesn't matter what it does. There's no effect. And that's why I feel like that, that's one card that's 100% is probably one of the ones that's going to be lost and it's going to stay and set one meta. And it's going to stay there for for eons. Like if you got one that's graded or you pull the legendary rare one, yeah, that you'll be cool. But other than that, it's it, it it's it's pretty much it's over for that card once November hits. <laughs> Let me see what else do we have? Yeah, War the Second Horseman. That that was the one we were talking about, and it's four cost, three of which has to be red, four four. Trigger enter, deal three damage to target contender or clash, and then trigger attack. Target defending player may send a clash card they control to Oblivion if they don't deal two damage to that player's contender. This thing is functionally 6-4. Right, it, it is. That's nuts. Like, it is so crazy. And I said, it's definitely better than the other war that we got, the one that cost seven. That card is terrible. I don't want to say terrible. Terrible is too harsh. But why would you play that over the second horseman? Well, and, you wouldn't. You would play both, obviously. No, they're, it's, they're it's, unrivaled. The no, se- the seventh one isn't unrivaled. Let me check, because I, I think... Let me let me double check. I don't think seven was... Seven be... is exclusive, Okay. Okay, thank God. I'm like... Quite I, different. I said that is it both were unrivaled. Like, why would you ever do that? Just throw one. That that's that's equivalent uh pulling. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna take a shot here. Uh pulling an epic rare that you get from this clash kit. Pause. <laughs> yeah, uh for the record, for those who don't know what it is off the top of their head, the difference between exclusive and unrivaled is Unrivaled is once per deck. Exclusive is one on the field, or essentially, it's Magic the Gathering's legendary rule, except that it prevents you from playing copies as well, because legendary doesn't do that magic. Yeah, because uh, doesn't matter. You can just get rid of the one and play the new yep. one. Yep. This one, mm-hmm. it, it has to be destroyed. And no, you cannot destroy your own card. Yeah. Yet. Actually, you mm-hmm. can. Because death does it. Yeah. Holy shit! You actually... No, I'm not, I'm not even going to talk about the crazy combos. Oh my god, yes you can. What are you thinking of? I am thinking of... I'm thinking of I can't remember the death card that, that pops cards, but you can literally do it with the six cost uh, clarity. You can play it. Are you it. thinking Endbringer? Yes, because you can play it, get the buff, attack what it do the shenanigans, pop it, play another one. That's if you have 12 available. Shit, I mean, come on. <laughs> so this is super hypothetical. I'm not saying it's the the play you go for because if you if you're able to get 12 resources on somebody, that game went on too damn long, and somebody doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah, I've the most resources I've ever seen in a game was nine, and that game went way too long. Okay, let me see. What's the other unrivaled one? Um, it is uh, that death. would be the Clarity, Clarity Death. Yeah, Harbinger. Uh, yeah, Clarity Harbinger of Death, which makes me wonder from a fluff perspective. Uh, 
Claire, is there something you would like to tell us? I, I, I'm not allowed to give any spoilers. <laughs> I know you're not. I'm not allowed to give any spoilers. <laughs> All I can say is cool. Alright, uh, continue with the set one. How do you feel about Rizlock? Is Rizlock finally be playable or is it still going to be damn it, I pulled this card? Uh, probably not, but Rizlak does still have some playability. I never did wind up doing that whole uh, Discarded by Society deck, which was one of my planned decks, the idea behind which is essentially just run Rizlak and a minor black shell of all, like, the decent black cards, like Sharpshooter Moxie, Moxie, uh, uh, Moxie 1, essentially, I forget her subtitle, but... And essentially, the idea is that you're running that inside a mostly torque shell. And you could probably get away with a bunch of, uh, oh, what do you call that effect? Uh, uh, it's like torque the uncontrollable, but not as good. Uh, rage, enrage. Okay. I think that's it. And uh, the idea is that you run a bunch of enragers and uh, you buff them up until they're like, five ones or whatever and then you attack with them and then they die to the one zero uh contender damage and then uh when a number when you lose three clashes you can play rizlak for essentially two mana of any color or two resource of any color because it discounts his cost from five three of which must be black by three whole blacks so that means he would cost two so the idea is that you're purposefully feeding your clashes into uh, death on purpose. Not death, death, but you're killing them. And potentially you could also use Boom to do this, but if you want your deck to actually be functional long-term, you would probably uh, go the Enrage route, which is probably one of the better uses for Sinister San Francisco. Oh, what a dud otherwise. But anyway, the idea is that if you kill enough of your clashes, you get out Rizlak as just this bonus hitter. As for is Rizlak going to be more relevant in set two? No. no. Unfortunately, no. Uh, he's probably going to become more relevant by at least about set four, I would say, because that seems to be the pace of these sets. We're already seeing Harbingers. And I imagine we're going to be seeing some discarded more down the line, especially if, uh, from what I'm hearing, uh, and I don't think this is much of a spoiler, it's like Cao Ling apparently fights the discarded. Because he literally says in his card text, Bane of the discarded. This shouldn't be a spoiler. Uh, so that means that we're probably going to be seeing some stuff for the discarded a set down the line. I can't either and, deny or say, but I can say you are on the right mm -hmm. track. <laughs> yeah. Another thing that makes me think this, and I don't know to what extent this is canon, do you remember the Death's Door uh, trailer uh, that spoiled that card? Yes. Masterful uh, uh, effect design on that one, by the way. Uh, awesome. Anybody who hasn't seen it, go watch it. I just periodically watch it every so often because it's just... The voice acting on it, the modulation, it's clear, it's crisp. Uh, the editing is enough that you can just see the art of the cards, and that's part of the point. And it just ends on that death door. It's just right there. And 
uh, one of the things that's said there is implied that this is Alpha Aster speaking. Uh, let them clash on their world. They do not know what comes next or something to that effect. And it makes me think that uh, the reason that Alpha Aster is doing everything that he's doing is because of the discarded in some way. So, I, I, damn it, like, it's, fuck, I, I literally cannot even say anything, because no matter what my response is, it is a major spoiler. Okay, so that actually entices me for the book a lot, because it means we're going to be getting way more than I thought. I did not think we would be getting anything relevant to the discarded in this book at all. I thought the discarded was going to be way down the line, maybe set four or something. But apparently, if they're in the book, that's that's kind of game changing. Oh man, what but, if this discarded are more relevant in set two? Ooh, that's why I said like it's it, it's so bad, and that's why I said I did ask them when can we start talking about stuff. They said as soon as the ebook is delivered, I can start. I can do my spoiler video. When is that? No idea yet. Dang it! Uh, you not don't know. I want to know. Uh, I, I, I want to say it's probably it's probably gonna be November. Yeah, sometime in November. Um, and as soon as I, I cannot wait, and for me it's gonna be like a, a full thing to see who actually has read the book because I can not not trying to speak bad upon people, but I can tell people who actually read the book and people who just open the book to take an Instagram picture. And. It, it, it's well, I, I think I can say this because I feel like it's already been kind of out there. Like I said, for every single card that is out there is directly from the book. Uh, by which you mean all the cards in the Awakening are relevant to this book? Everything, I would hope so. Everything in Awakening. Everything in Awakening okay. is from the book. And I, I like I tell everybody when you when you're reading the book and something happens and you go grab your cards and look at it, it, it is literally a holy shit moment. And I would say the biggest holy shit moment, and I will I tell everybody this, it is towards the end of the book and something happens as direct is directly on a card and I, I guarantee anybody who is a huge fan of this character when you read it and you look at the card you don't you're going to get excited because it just it, it literally as you're reading it and you're looking at the cards it's almost like you're just it's like it's like how you feel watching an Avengers movie for the first time because you're seeing these characters that you've been playing with and looking at and just, just hit them interact. And it's, it's amazing. So like more or less, uh, amping up than like, say seeing shadow light in the graphic novel. It, it was, so for me, it was like, you know, we were introduced to shadow light in the graphic novel way before the car was ever released. And that was my biggest thing. Like, 
Why don't we have this yet? Why don't we have this yet? And then when they finally revealed it, I was like, oh shit, yes. Um, it, it, it's kind of like that. And I, I will say this as well. There are two characters that are going to give you a holy shit moment and a, a fuck you moment. And, I, I, and that, that that is about as much as I can say on that. It's there's a couple of people, and I will say there's there's a couple of characters who I just I just I just I'm sorry they are just so boring that I just I I didn't care for. Yeah, it's like there's characters in the graphic novel that are kind of like that. Well, like I said, Shadowlight doesn't really do a whole lot. Warcry, we start to get an idea of what his deal is, but he's not explored a huge amount. And, of course, Plasvax, who exists for just like a few panels just for Mean Street to clown on him. Yeah, which, again, I was kind of like, like... Like, you have moments like that where it's like, oh, why are you even here? But I will say this. Um, have you ever seen Watchmen? Uh, yeah. This is not a spoiler. This is my own opinion. But Shadow Light reminds me a lot of Dr. Manhattan. I can kind of see that. I thought you were going to say he reminds you of Rorschach, but... No, I mean, to be honest, Magnate reminds me of Rorschach so much, and I don't even know why. That's odd. Like, like, he, like, like he, his personality reminds me of uh, if Rorschach went fucking evil. <laughs> I don't know. Magnate seemed way more Ozymandias to me. And and as I said, like once you read it more, I said again, like I like when I did the video about who I would cast to play it. I had the guy who played him in the watch movie play it. Got like he fits Magnate's uh, features almost scarily perfectly. Yeah, he certainly looks the part. Like, a hundred looks the part. But Magnate, like, the way how psychotic he is, it just reminds me of Rorschach. If he didn't have, if Rorschach didn't have a cold, he would be Magnate. Hmm. And that's but, just... Uh, can, you, can you answer, like, binary questions? Do we learn more about Magnate's character? Yes. Okay. You you learned like I felt in the graphic novel he was kind of shortchanged in that you got to see everybody else's reaction to him, but you never got to see anything from him. I, I would say you you get to learn details about everybody that that had every single card, every contender, every alpha. You get to learn something about them, minus three people. Who and one person, to be honest, I forget he's there. Uh, another person, I feel like is the, for me personally, is the most unfleshed out character. Can you say? Well, I I, I can't because it's just an opinion. Um, Moxie, I feel like is the most unchanged character in the entire series like she's the same person when the, from the first page to the very last page she's the exact same person 
And, and I always say my biggest thing with me being, um, you know, one of my main jobs is a film critic. So I, you know, this is what I do for, for a living. And I always say the biggest thing in stories is if you want me to follow this character who my main character, you got to give me something to either root for or hate. They have to have some type of conflict, some type of change, or they're just a Mary Sue. And, and as we saw from, you know, the Star Wars sequels, a Mary Sue is the worst thing you can put into a character because no one, no one's going to care. No one cares about somebody that's always, I'm doing the right thing. I'm always following orders. Like that's not, that doesn't breed conflict. So it makes you very uninteresting. And I feel, yeah. I, I feel like Moxie from the first page to last page was the exact same person. Like you experienced everything that went on in this book, but you're still the exact same person. And it's like, you're, you're just not interesting. Like things are going on. You're like, cool. I don't care about you. I want to get back to the fun people. You're not interesting. I wonder though, as it seems that uh, Moxie is one of the more important characters in the graphic novel, probably. Yeah. And so essentially, uh, what we're getting in the graphic novel is pretty much what we're going to get in the book, right? Yeah, it, it's pretty much the same thing in the book. But like I said, the, the thing, the bad thing about Moxie is that everyone else around her is just so more, much more interesting. Like you care more about what other people are doing because they're they're way more fun. I feel like they're written a lot better. They have a lot more to do and they develop. So about time the book ends, they're different people, but that change is warranted and it's earned where her is just that, you know, I'm a soldier and it's kind of like, okay, that's really cool. It's like, you're, you're the U S government. We know the U S government's most corrupt thing on the planet. And it's just, and even in the graphic novel, one thing I didn't even really gel with was cool. The U S government wants you to kill the alphas, but not collect samples. That don't sound very America to me. I don't know about not collecting samples. Then again, uh, I think that may just be a matter of perspective. Uh, Military-based characters often tend to be very static just because of their orders. And so it comes down to when you get to see them during their downtime. And I don't imagine Moxie's going to have a whole lot of downtime. And it's like, is probably going to be like a workaholic, though I do envision this uh, potential conflict of Moxie just getting in Clarity's face about stuff because there's the inherent uh, conflict between the two of them in that Moxie's orders are to take out the Alphas, whereas Clarity's plan is to essentially recruit the Alphas. Those two obviously cannot get both of what cannot both get what they want because they're going to step on each other's toes just by the necessity of their goals. And I kind of want to see where that leads. Um, so I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to mute this section of the, of the podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go ahead and mute this. Hold on. What the heck? Um, what is going on? That was weird. Um, 
Let me see. Okay, go ahead and talk. Okay, cool. It's muted. Um, so again, you would you would think that her and Clarity would have some type of conflict. Zero. Zero. They have they have zero conflict about it. It's just, hey, we want to see if we can recruit them. Uh, I won't I won't spoil the reason why. And Marcy's like, okay, I report to my superiors. This is what we're gonna do. And Eric's like, okay, that's not a good idea to me. It, it's no, I have to follow orders. I have to take them out. No, you know, it, there's there's literally none of that. And I, I, and that's what's. It, 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 exactly, and that, that's why I always say, like, again, you're still muted right now for this part. Um, that's why I say Moxie is probably the most boring character because she doesn't do anything. She's the same person from the time you meet her to the time it ends, and that was some of my feedback to them. I, I said, again, I feel like, again, this, this is supposed to be my main character, and I could care less if she's dead or not. I said, that that's a problem. I said, Main Street... And I and I feel like everybody who reads it will be your favorite character. Like he he gets so much depth, and by the end of it, it's a line that he says with a, a certain character that I, I, I that immediately brought me to fucking tears. I I can admit that it literally made me cry. Cause that's. Like, cause that's how much you could just tell the growth. And it was just that, that hero moment. Like, it's like, cool. He was just a guy in the neighborhood that was, you know, this, and he grew to be a hero. All right. I'm gonna go ahead. I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and unmute it now. Uh, we'll, we'll basically go into uh set two, um, deck text. But, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll give it one more second before I go on mute. Um, but th that was the thing. Um, Weber, I forgot he was in the fucking, not Weber, but Ed Colonel Edwards, I forgot he was in the fucking book. I forgot he was even there. Like, he'll pop up and I'm like, what the fuck? I thought you died. I thought you blew up. <laughs> like, I'm like, I forget, like, I forget who you are. And God damn it, Weber, Jesus Christ, this man. Okay, you ready to grab there where he got stabbed. This man has a death wish and just won't die. Like, I'm, I, again, not a spoiler, but this man has so many fucking close calls. Like, dude, just die. Like, if you want to die, just say that. Like, 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 Jesus, I'm like, bro, like, you are, he is literally the meat shield. <laughs> um, like, and like, again, like, he, but again, even him. He has more interesting things to do than Moxie. And he is a side character. No, because when you first introduce her, you're, you're, but you're like, think like, okay, cool. As you're reading the book, you're like, okay, cool. Where, where, where's the conflict? Where, okay, where, what's going to change? Where, it's like, it, it never comes. 
And like, even if you had that where like she lost focus of her mission because she was so set on getting back at Magnate, that's interesting. And like, like, and like I said, my, my feedback was there's a certain scene in the book that I felt like if, if it was just switched around just a little bit, that right there would have gave Moxie that last minute character overhaul. But I say, again, when it happened, it was just like Moxie just didn't really care. It's like, oh, cool, my mission. And it's like, no, that, that, was a big, that was a big thing that just happened. And she had zero reaction. It was just like, the mission's complete. Like, okay, fuck you. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's, it's literally that. And that's why I suggested, I know it's a very tri uh, tired trope, but I said it's a tired trope because it fucking works. I said, make Moxie, if you want her to be this hero, make her unlikable. Make her when she your first injury, she just un, she's unbearable and unlikable. Like make her a fucking alcohol borderline alcoholic. Yeah, like, <laughs> Out of nowhere, Paul, poor Paul. <laughs> and I said, you know, make 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 us not like her at first. So as the events progress, we grow to like her, which allows us to go, okay, hey. She's changed. She's she's different. Now, it, this is someone who I can root for. Again, when I am rooting, now I feel like Guinness is not spoiled because kind of it's on a fucking cover art. When Magnet is crushing her skull, I'm like, cool, keep going. <laughs> Don't stop. Like it did. I'm like, yeah. As I'm reading, I'm like, yeah, keep going. Yeah, that's it. Don't don't be a bitch. Push, push. <laughs> Okay, cool. Let's go ahead and bring it back. <laughs> All right, perfect. On to our next topic. Uh, we are talking about some deck tech ideas for set two. And what we think should be some cards you should look to pick up again. Um, not all the cards were revealed. I don't think. Where, did they did they reveal everything? No. No. Okay. Which? <laughs> because Zach is slipping on uploading the damn arts to the spoiler. Yeah, last one he did was on the second for Haven Provoked, which. <laughs> yeah, it's like I will not clean my room. I can't even say it. <laughs> That's not what happens. That's not what that is. And it, it is such a great scene. And I, it's, and I, I keep telling you about this. There's something with Haven. And I love how they do not tell you, but they give you enough to say, hey, something's not right with this girl. Yeah, I've been figuring that for a while, just because we have no idea who Haven's parents are. We haven't even seen in the graphic novel how Haven's powers work exactly, let alone it's like for how they work from the outside, how they work from Haven's perspective. The only hint we have is the Haven hiding in plain sight card. That's the only hint we have as to how her powers work, uh, aside from like her clash buff. That's now kind of a hint. 
I can't even say anything. And what makes it worse, in the book, it... So to put it in perspective, how the graphic novel ends, there's a part in the book where it literally picks right up after the graphic novel. And when I say, when it explains her powers, it's the next page. Aha, uh-huh. I kind of figured that because the implication in the graphic novel is that Magnate is essentially chasing down Mean Streak, and because he either gets tired, bored, or feels like he has something better to do, he just brings the building down on Mean Streak, and the implication is that Haven is still in there. And that's all I can say. I can say this, though. Magnate bullied the shit on Mean Street. He had to do all that. <laughs> but I, I do love how they showed that everyone was just not equipped to deal with him. Because, you know, Warcry. I mean, the bison thing is really cool. But <laughs> he said, <laughs> you put your hands on me? But, okay, so I'm, try- I'm trying to look through the... the revealed cards now again it's really kind of hard to say yeah staunch defender i think is the one you're thinking of yes okay what is it i i I, torque powerful hitter it's a four cost i don't like that i don't like i don't like torque cards being so high but whenever a class card is defeated by non-class damage deal one damage to target tender oh that's actually pretty good Oh, that card is crazy. Yeah, that card, okay. There's so many things I could give to do with that. Okay, yeah, because it being a four cost, okay. It, but, but what it does, that's actually not bad. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, Torque Powerful Hitter. Uh, I want to say, uh, not Warzone. Uh, the, uh, it's the one in uh, New York City. One that essentially uh, increases the clash damage done to things by one. Uh, the non-clash damage done to things by one. Uh, whatever that clash ground is. And the war one cost that does two damage and makes a harbinger token. That's a na- that's a gnarly little combo. Because essentially, you're doing two damage inflated by the clash ground to three. It kills a card. And then... Uh, because of that, war trips again, and he potentially either pings your contender to draw another card, or he pings something else for two. Because one thing I know about that card at the top of my head, uh, even if I forget what it is, is it only boosts the damage of things you don't control. So it's like that is a gnarly combination because you got a torque powerful hitter, you got a one war, t- you got a one one war token, and you've taken out uh, a clash. You've taken uh, damage off the opponent's contender, potentially, and you've uh, potentially drawn a card if you're in Torque, because you could just uh, throw that at yourself. So the amount of just non-clash damage flying around, that could seriously be a thing, and I might want to try something like that. So my question with this, with Torque still being so prevalent, how do you feel about the twenty cost contenders? The twenty cost. The, you mean the twenty life contenders? Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, the twenty life contenders also are zero one, specifically pestilence. Uh, war, I think, is that war and conquest. I think actually are thirty. 
whereas death is 25 it's, tw- yeah, it's 25 death is 2501 uh death no death is 2510 uh haven is 25 25 or 2101 or 001 yeah um 2501 yeah, uh, and I think uh, Pestle is actually twenty oh one. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, that one is twenty oh one because that that's what made me go. Okay, so what are you gonna do about the ping damage for that one? Uh, yeah, uh, the way that interacts is actually kind of interesting uh, because uh, what non-flash damage does to contenders is it reduces that uh, zero one to down to a zero zero meaning uh for the rest of the turn meaning that anybody could swing in and not die so that i think is going to be why uh non-clash damage builds are going to be uh, a lot more impactful though not quite as impactful as the token strat depending on how many things come out with that i think strat might take the might take the crown next set And let me see what else do we have here. Okay, we also uh, have conquest, of course. Conquest, who I know yeah, I, there's going to be the question of uh, whether his three cost action is that can Kagan things. He is going to uh, make Kagan less mandatory. I think it will because the ability to do that for just three costs is pretty nasty. See, I'm still just not convinced on Conquest yet. I'm just not there. I'm not saying it's not good or bad. I just, it, it just haven't, it hasn't got to me just yet. And that that's because I'm still stuck on stuff like War and Death. P- Pestilent, I feel like if I do build a Pestilent deck, it's going I just want it to be as toxic as possible. I don't want to win in games. I just want to be I just want to be a nuisance. A problem. That's it. I just want to be a nuisance to anybody who plays me. Like I don't even I don't want to win. I just want to make it so annoying for you to win that when you do, you're like, ah, there's a terrible deck. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Uh, that's why uh, Pestilence only has twenty health because there's got to be some way to take him out, and that means that Pestilence is going to be exceptionally vulnerable to things with lots of attack, like Kagan, in fact. So he's gonna have to watch his butt. Um, I do love War's draw draw ability. If you attack twice, you draw a card. I feel like that's amazing. Uh yeah. And that uh, just being able to turn tokens into draw power, and uh, the fact that tokens are gonna mess with tempo, <laughs> they're gonna mess with blockers, and uh, even the clash ground that works with war, I think that's uh, war ground or something like that. Yeah, uh, war the ground. One that, uh, yeah, the one that uh, everybody's looking at because it can stop a clash ground from being put into play by destroying itself. But I think people are under undervaluing just how much the plus one plus zero to harbingers is going to be. That's a thing. If there's anything New York City has taught us, is that don't underestimate just uh, blanket buffing everything of a certain archetype, especially an archetype that you're not guaranteed to see on the other side of the table. Yes, okay, yes. Now, 
another card, like uh, another contender, and then we'll go ahead and wrap up here. How do you feel about the new Mean Street contender? I wish you would ask me about Machina, because honestly, the Mean Streak is just kind of weird, and I'm not entirely positive that he's going to take over versus the Mean Streak that exists right now. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I agree with that so much is the original Mean Streak has an ability that is amazing. It is move as many speed counters you want to from one card to another. Yeah, and the everything with speed counters uh, gets uh, defeat draw one. And then on his 10 threshold ability, it essentially turns into they also get plus one, plus one, and super speed, which is stupid. It makes him one of the hardest contenders to actually take out when he's in that threshold. Exactly. Now, switch over to Machina. How do you feel about that being a contender to shape up the meta? Machina is really interesting because of all the stuff that he does with uh, equipments. It's really going to start giving new life to stuff that hasn't seen much action right now, like Weber's Assistance. That's a card that has done jack-all this entire uh, set one. Mm -hmm. And if he gets some Weber's Assistance in there, because clearly he likes black stuff, he might actually be a good, uh, another good way to get uh, Moxie cards operating nominally. And and this is what I said before about Haven Butterfield Collector becoming. Uh, if you if you if you can find them cheap now to buy them now, and this like for me, I'm like yes, you can do it with black or even you can do black accessories, but I see this as red blue, and the reason is discard a non-trap accessory, Haven gets them right back. Exactly. And a lot of, uh, a lot of Machina's, uh, equipment likes to be, uh, blown up and then he gets it back. Hence why I was thinking Weber's assistance myself. Mm -hmm. So again, like I said, you can, you can do things with Weber's assistance to, to reattach them. You can use the Haven to, to ramp up the deck to get your cards out. And that's why, again, like, I feel like Machina is such uh, underrated contender and I feel like a lot of people are not going to understand how good it is until you play against a deck at full power and you're going to yeah. see how well it just can recur stuff everything it basically, it, it basically with Weber system with Haven with um, heavy brawler almost everything in this deck floats so it pops it comes back and you know you get a resource from it you, you keep recurring and doing stuff every turn for not a lot of resource when you actually think about it. Ooh, that's handy. And that's what I said. Like, I, I feel like this one good. I know everyone is losing their mind on Siberia, which you should. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, it's like, in headquarters too. Like, I, I can never say to anybody that this card is not good. So pe uh, for the listeners, Siberia is a three-cost um, clash ground. Clash cards lose super speed and can't get super speed. And then attached costs of red weapons are reduced by one red. And black weapons are reduced by one black. I feel like this can be the first four colored deck. Actually, no, wait, no, you don't need that. You know why? That one card that searches out Clash Ground, it doesn't cost, it doesn't have any Pacific colors to it. 
Which one is that? Um, it's the, let me see if I can find it. It's a white card that doesn't require any colors to play it, and you place a class ground on top of your deck. Aha! Uh-huh. So you can yeah, literally... What is that? Um, it is, I'm trying to find it. I know it's here. I'm, I, I'm, hold on. I'm looking for it right now. Like an action? I want to say it's an action. Um, where is it? Come on. It was revealed. Okay. Here it is. It's called hidden pathway. Yep. It's so hidden pathway is a clash ground. So at the start of your turn, if a portal is open, you may send this card to your oblivion. Reduce your deck for one class ground and village, shuffle your deck, put them to blue card top, blah, blah, blah. So, again, this happens before your draw step. So, you can literally play this card, do your portal shenanigans, which is not hard to do. And it might. The portal is open. Yeah, because you got. A portal's got to be open at the start of your turn, so the opponent has a chance to close it. That's true. Then again, does that apply to both players or just the controller? That, I think it might just apply to the controller. I think it's for the controller. But even okay. even with that, though, again, I, I also feel like we said before about Rainforest. This is, you have another one-drop card that can get rid of Rainforest and also has a floating effect where you can continue to search stuff out. So, again, it, with it not requiring a white, you could put this card into any single deck. And I feel like this card, if you're playing Machnia, Siberia, you want this card. Because again, you're attaching weapons for free. Yeah, and of course, Moxie might also like this card as well for the same reason. Because she wants you in. She wants Siberia now. Yeah, that's why I say I feel like, and that's why I wanted to leave these two for the last thing we talk about today. Because I feel like this main street. No, it's not it. You're you're not it, buddy. I feel like if you're doing, if you're competing in um, class kit tournaments, which I know we'll be running some the weekend after launch, the weekend the weekend of launch, we're doing the case tournament. The weekend after, we're going to do class kit, where you, where you can only use cards from the class kit. But I feel like in no, playing those two, they're, they're perfectly fine. But to say, cool, I'm not going to play an old main streak for this one, bad choice, but Machnia... Jesus Christ, that card is going to be busted. Yeah, do we know what the uh, uh, the lists are for these decks? Or when they'll be released? <laughs> they probably they probably will not be released until next month. Or the, or, the end of, or the end of this month. I, I want to say it's probably going to be like how um, the ratios were for the last one. Where you get two copies... Uh, of each clash ground. Of each clash ground, and then like three copies of the other cards. You know, four. Actually, are we are they gonna put the new clash buffs in? Or are they gonna give us reprints, reprint clash buffs? Yeah, that's a good question because both Machina and Mean Street can use the old clash buffs just as well. So I want. I want. They be, might actually reprint them. I want to. Yeah, because I, I would. Like, if they do reprint them. I would love that if they reprint them with the new comic art style. Yeah, with the new art style and to reference the actual contenders that are using them in Machina's case. That would be cool. Buffs or Mean Streets buffs, but a uh, power overflowing that references Machina, that's functionally going to be the same as the power overflowing that references Torque. Like, I, I'm sorry, for me, if that happens, 
I would love that because again, it just gives it more uh, of reason to buy it. Yeah, I wonder whether they're gonna be like entirely new cards, or they're gonna just bring back a bunch of the cards from set one. And uh, yeah, I, 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 that's why I want to know because I know they they did do um, some of the last ones that they showed off were reprints of Magnate and Moxie and the new arts. Yeah, what are those gonna be in, by the way? Um, these are in the set as commons. They're Clash, they're, uh, Clash Ground Commons? Yes. Huh. Interesting. So there's... Uh, you could potentially have Moxie in this set. Also, this is the first time we're seeing Moxie in the new art style, so... Which, a thing. Which, I'm so, which I'm so happy for because, again, the biggest thing a lot of people have been saying is that if you can't get the Clash kits or if you don't have the special promos or pre-release ones, you don't have access to Magnet or Moxie. Yeah, that's been a big problem with uh, trying to whip up a lot of decks is that whenever I try to whip up a Moxie deck or a Magnate deck, I need to get my uh, single Moxie or Magnate Clash card, my uh, contender, and just have them do double duty. It's like, like this is part of why during a local tournament I just uh, snapped up a uh, shot at uh, getting a... Uh, what the pre-release version of the torque on control uh torque uh diabolical contender so that way i had more torque it, it, exactly. and it also contributed to the 61 foils which i just completed by the way did, it's like did, if you've seen the uh uh the flexing on the uh alpha clash uh discord let me see yeah where i fully foiled out my tournament deck like I think, um, the only cards I'm missing to finish for on my deck, I'm missing two more Haven hiding in plain sights, and it's like no one. I keep asking about it, no one gets back to me. I'm like I just need these two cards, and I and I will be done. That's all yeah, I need. Of my Havens, uh, I actually have more Bountiful Collector foils than I have hiding in plain. Like, like hiding in plain sight foils, it's like I'm like I. I know they exist because I pulled one of them before. Mind you, I pulled one after opening 16 cases. Hey. But I have been hearing rumors that, and we're going to, we're in on this note, ratios have been fixed. What does that mean exactly? Well, if you remember in set one, the ratios were all over the place um so when the set first came out i did do a live stream on a youtube channel where i opened a case i pulled 17 foil denvers and i pulled oh, so a lot of stacking and yes and i only pulled one shugaboo in haven out of a case i had one i thought that shugaboo in haven was an epic no it's an uncommon now I pulled. No, it's an uncommon. It might be a rare. I don't know. I pulled one. <laughs> and I, yeah, I, it's I, like the torques definitely had that problem to the point where I started calling uncontrollable torque the unobtainable. Yeah, and and it's so weird because 
one one case I will pull one torque. Next case I will pull four of them. Like the ratios are just all over the place. And I heard that they're they're fixed. They're a lot better now. Maybe that's why I got all this freaking Morak. Yeah, I I have so many fucking Moraks to this day now. I'm like I I can't stand this card. Um, but I also heard that the legendary alpha rares are are still are gonna be you know the big chase cards. Like, and I am sorry, but I am looking. I said we're gonna open up a couple cases, and I, I just hope we get some to open up. If I get one to put in my binder, I, I just I really really need it. Yeah, well, this time I'm going to be waiting for Team Covenant to do whatever they're going to do, and then I'll get my case. Yeah, go. So we're do that, and I know now for listeners, um, we still have. I want to say we only have three or four cases left on the website, and then that that'll be it for the pre-orders, and then we'll add more after release because we'll have product for set two. All the way to carries all the way to about January of sale product, and then after that it will be a little bit slower. But we but we ordered enough to get us through to at least January for sale product. Um, the clash kits we're almost sold out of that. Um, booster boxes we still have plenty of those, so so that that's that's good. And I said I got my team covenant. Once ordered, I think I ordered six boxes. Yeah, I got a whole case coming from Team Covenant, uh, in part because I'm still sore that I missed out on those Team Covenant torque uncontrollables. Oh yeah, I said I, I I did it last time and I got I think I did five, and I was like, yeah, never again. Well, I missed out on getting at least two play sets of this, but I said, cool, I'll do six for this one. And then got my other inventory to sell out, and then we'll have. Um, so we're doing we're doing set two a little bit differently, where you know we'll have singles, of course, and then we'll also have common, uncommon, and rare bundles, and then full set color bundles. So if you're like, cool, I want four copies of every co- of for each card in red. You can pay a single price for it, get get four copies of the epics, rares, uncommon commons, etc. If you want to be blingy blingy, we'll have an option to buy it all hollowed out or their max rarity. And I'm like, cool, why not? So that that's what we'll do. But that is our time. And we will we're wrapping up here. So again. Don't forget to check out Alpha Class. So then set two comes out November 10th. And this has been your Rogue Contenders. And we'll see you next week. Yeah.